So his invitation to you today is gonna be to surrender because when we try to hold on, we lose. But when we let go, we are saved. You know, the, the announcement of Jesus is to come regardless of, of whatever's burdening you in the moment. And, and Lent, like this season heading into Easter, is this invitation for you to actually address some of those things that are, that are causing us to not live the way of life that Jesus had created us to live. And so one thing we say here at Community Covenant often is, hey man, we all got backpacks. We all got backpacks. And we, we're not the type of church that wants you to check your backpack in at the door, like a coat check. I don't know if you've ever been there before to a type of church like that. Like, you know, we don't want your backpacks in here, uh, but we do, we do want you, and we do want your attendance and all of that fun stuff, but we don't want your backpacks. And, but in all reality, the announcement of Jesus is, I want you to come with your backpack. I want you to come with your backpack. So all the stuff that's there, I want, you to, I want you to come with it because I want to give you the invitation to come and, and lay it at my feet. And it's this, this understanding, this moment where we're saying, okay, God, you, you actually accept all of me, all of me, even like my junk. There's one verse in the Bible where it says, it says that he lets the wheat and the chaff grow together so that he can separate it in his time. And in many, many ways, we try to present ourselves to God in a way that's approving to him. But God's saying, no, no, no. Come to me, all you are heavy, all you are burdened, and I'm going to give you not, he doesn't even say I'm going to give you joy necessarily. He says I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest deep down, like just it, at soul level rest, this rest that you're actually longing for, this rest that you're hoping for. You're trying to get rest in other ways, but he says, man, I want you to rest here, so I got my backpack today, and uh, I'm the type of person, I'm kind of, you bump into my backpack all the time. You're like, do you, do you wanna, does that make sense? Are you tracking? Like, my wife is like, my wife backs, bumps into my backpack all the time too, and many of you bump into my backpack all the time, and it's just the reality of the fact that we're human. I say this often at Community Covenant, I say, hey, if we haven't disappointed you at this point, just wait a week or two. At some point, we're gonna disappoint you, and you're gonna be mad at us, and then you're, you know, we're gonna have to deal with that, because that's the point of being human. But Jesus' invitation is to come and rest. And so I got my backpack. And, and, and many times what, what the announcement of Jesus is to come and rest here and, and that you can have a whole way, new way of life right here in the midst of this one, it actually, it, you, you actually begin to engage with this understanding that, man, he just wants to free you from some stuff, free you from the stuff that's in your backpack because you pack backpacks well. And whether or not you know it, up to this point in your life, you have a pretty good sized backpack. And it's affecting the, the entire way that you live life. And it's, inter, it's, it's making you interact a certain way with all sorts of different people, with all sorts of different things. It's making you come to church a certain way. It's making you come to a certain type of church and all these things because we all have these backpacks. And the invitation for Jesus is today, instead of controlling your life, the invitation is gonna be to surrender your life. Surrender your life to Christ and allow him to actually help you live the way of life you were created to live. Don't cover yourself up. Our, our sin and our shame force us to hide, but he seeks you. He's coming after you. 
And so the, one of the way he invites us to live this life is through this verse, verse in Matthew 16. He says this, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? He's saying, he's saying man, I, what I want you to do is like all the things that you think will give you rest, I want you to lay that at my feet because you probably have a pretty cool house and a pretty cool car at this point, maybe a couple kids through some Ivy Leagues and you got some sort of thing, you know, sort of, some sort of stuff happening. I want you to give all that way up because if you do all of that but lose your soul, what's it really worth? What's it really worth if you were to lose all of it? And so his invitation to you today is gonna be to surrender because when we try to hold on, we lose. But when we let go, we are saved. Look at what he says. When we try to hold on, we are lost. And when we let go, we are saved. See, many of us, we live life like this. And you, and you, and you know this person because you don't like them. There's a good chance you don't like them. Or they do a really good job and you do love them, but they live life like this. They manage their family this way, their gifts this way, their life this way. They manage it all this way. And Jesus is saying, you know what the best way to live life is? This way. Let go. Surrender. Because you, you actually don't have as much control as you think you do. There's three big things you didn't get to decide. You didn't get to decide where you live what family you were born into or the time frame that you were born into. Don't you like look at pictures of like 1950 and you're like, oh, just, just to live back then. Or 1930 or, or like 1890. You're like, you know what? I might die of disease at 30, but at least I, like it was easier. Like you, sometimes we, we, don't get to, we don't get to pick those things. And so we're actually out of control a lot more than we think we are. And so the purpose of all of this, this invitation is to really just open our hands and see what type of life we'd have if we let Jesus control it. And so there's a, a few invitations, a few realms that I'm going to invite you to surrender today. But really, these are just multiple realms. This is just a, 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 a these are realms that, that might apply to you, but you probably have a realm of your life that you know exactly what I'm talking about right now, and it's actually stopping you from living a good life because you can't for some, some reason figure out how to release it. You can't figure out how to empty control out of your heart. And what you're doing when you don't empty control out of your heart is all you're doing is you're picking it up and putting it in your backpack and eventually this gets too heavy to carry. And we live life that way. And so, and so many times these are the things that cause us to build walls around people. These are the things that cause us, it's so heavy, and it causes us to, to build walls around people instead of connecting with people. And the first realm that we really have to surrender in order to get into uh, any sort of thing is, is a past, is a past. And these are the things that, that for you, you have some sort of a background, wh whether it's traumatic or it's grief or it's some structure or maybe some sort of an interaction or some uh, decision. And you aren't letting Jesus give you rest 
in some area of your past and it's causing you to sacrifice your future. And so the first invitation that he's gonna invite you to surrender today is a past so you can let go of it and for him to give you a future. This is what the Apostle Paul is gonna teach about this. He says, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He says, man, in order for you to really engage with the eternal type of life that Jesus offers us today, we have to surrender, and we have to surrender a past. And there's a lot of pain in that, maybe, or maybe there's a phone call you haven't made in a long time, or maybe there's some type of interaction, some box in the closet you've never opened up. There's something in your past that's stopping you from living a future, and God is inviting you today to say, hey, you know what, if you let me give you rest there, you'd actually see a whole new life open up to you. So you need to surrender a past. And, and, and it's so funny how often these things are the things that cause us to build walls, right? The, the other realm that, that God might be inviting you to, to uh, uh, that God might be inviting you to surrender today is some sort of a person. Now notice how I didn't say sacrifice a person. Some of you are going to come out of here and say, you know what, the Lord told me to not be in a relationship with you anymore. Sometimes that that matters, but I didn't say sacrifice a person. Some of you have the same tape playing in your head for the last 50 years, 20 years, 10 years, because someone said something to you one time, 10 times, maybe every day. And you haven't learned how to forgive them yet. And it's stopping you from actually having healthy relationships today. You know, the Apostle Paul lived this story too. In Acts 16, it says this in a quick story. Acts 15 says, After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas as he left and the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches there. You're like, really? I I thought it was all like golden streets in the Bible. What you have is your first church split over a sharp disagreement. And had they stayed there, had Paul and Barnabas stayed in this moment, they and they didn't surrender this whole situation over to the Lord. They tried to control it there's a really good chance that when you pick up later with them in 2 Timothy, Paul does not say this. Look what he says. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of his life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. And Mark's the same John. Mark from Acts 15. 
See, so many of us, we haven't surrendered a person and so we're not living the relational life that, we need, that, that Jesus has in mind for us. It's affecting our marriage. It's affecting our, our parenting. It's, reflected, it's, ref, it's completely just jacking up our work relationships because there are these things that have happened in our past from a person said, done, or whatever. And it's our desire to control it and the shame that we're, that's, we're allowing to hide is not causing us to flourish in our life. And the invitation of Jesus is to come and rest is to come and rest. He wants you to live a whole new way of life now, right here in the midst of this one. So he says, man, I, I want you to surrender a past. I want you to surrender a person. You know what I really want you to surrender? I want you to surrender a perception. I want you to surrender a perception so that you can have courage. Jesus, you know a lot of people misunderstood Jesus? like a lot of people. But there's just one story in John 8. It's really just kind of, fa- I love this story. Um, but this is what Jesus says. Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Not the coolest thing to say in public to a bunch of religious people. The people retorted, you Samaritan devil. Didn't we, all, didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me for I honor my father and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He's the true judge. And I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. The people said, now we know you are possessed by a demon. He's like, I don't know what you got teaching. I don't know what you got working in the back. I don't know what you have, but you are possessed by a demon. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever said that to you before. Maybe. That would be a weird trip to stop and shop if that was the case. But like, you are possessed by a demon. And, and uh, maybe they've said something to you before, like, like something like, man, you're not a very good parent. Or you know what? You don't get it. Or you know, like you, you're not a very hard worker or something. Or you know what? You're making a crazy decision. Why are you putting your family in that position? There's all sorts of things that, that people judge us externally on. But here, you know what's really interesting is that the Israelites of, of the Old Testament, they had this moment when they were journeyers. Like they were just travelers. They, would, they wandered for about 40 years in a desert. And the only direction that they had from God was through a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. Look what it says in Exodus chapter 13. It says this, the Lord went ahead of them because when we're living the life and following Jesus, we know they need to, he needs to go ahead of us. He guided them during the day with a pillar of, uh, of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people, and, and then Moses later on in Exodus is praying with this in mind. He says this, Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me 
or, and on your people if you don't go with us. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. And, and here's the reality is that for some of you, the cloud has moved, but you're worried about the, per, the, the perception of looking just nuts because you're following Jesus. And in all reality, he's saying, man, it's, it's time to go. It's time to do something. It could be, follow me. Maybe you've been considering being a Jesus follower for months now, but you're like, Dad, my, work, my coworkers, I, mean, I just love like going to the rooftop bar on Saturday night. Like I just don't like, I just like, I don't want to, they're going to think I'm weird. Or man, I just love doing, sort. I just love being a part of certain things. I just, you know, I just, they're going to think I, it's going to be weird. Or maybe for some of you, that God's been calling you to give of your time or of your money over to something that just is not financially smart or it doesn't feel like it's financially like uh, uh, going to help you grow or it's not going to give you like any sort of return but saying you know God is inviting you to participate with him in this moment and in this way and for some of you that has happened but you're worried about what it looks like and he's saying you know what if you could stop controlling the perception and get some courage you'd actually see the results of what it's like to follow me so what would that look like for you today? Because he's asking you to surrender a past. He's asking you to surrender a perspective, a, a perception. He's asking you to surrender a person so that you can do this life in the future, in, today, in today's world. And so let not, let not any of your controlling habits uh, in your backpacks affect you from living life. And so we look at these, okay, God, what, what might you want us to do? Because there's even a part where he's going to ask you to surrender a purpose so you can pick up God's will. He wants you, even this moment, like, like God, has, God has like something, he has burst something in your heart. He's birthed something in your soul and, and, and you may like, have this moment that, that, that God just completely, like, you just like, okay, God, this is it. This is what I'm doing. And I know you're asking me to do that or maybe you, uh, you're not, I don't know. But this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And oftentimes control shows up with a determination about expressing your true self. And this moment of like, I need to portray strength. He's saying, so what if you were to give up a, the purpose that you think you have and you picked up God's will that I actually am trying to get done through you? Because here's what Romans 12 is gonna encourage us. It says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Notice how he doesn't say that he's gonna keep it from you. Listen to me, church. He doesn't say he's gonna keep it from you. And I'm gonna hold out on you. And I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna like make it as confusing as possible. He says, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You're going to be able to do that if you surrender to me. 
So this is what Paul teaches, next slide. Says, says, I want you to surrender your bodies as a living sacrifice. If you surrender your doing, God will in fact plug you into his will. He says, I want you to surrender your minds so that you don't have to copy the customs of the world. How many times do we go buy the SUV because all of the soccer moms around us have an SUV? That's just the culture, right? Well, we need an SUV all of a sudden. Well, you know, we need a station wagon 25 years ago. And everyone had their kids in the front seat 25 years ago before that. And they're trying to figure out what seatbelts are. Right? It's, I want you to surrender your minds. Just don't copy the customs of this world. You don't have to. If you surrender to me. And then he says, you know, I want you to surrender your will so that you can pick up the perfect will. You think your will is good. My will is perfect. And then you can actually do what Paul says in Philippians 3 is I want to possess the perfection that God has for me. I'm going to pursue God with all of it, but I can't pursue God if I have all of these things that I want to control in my backpack. I, don't, I can't do it. And so it, it's amazing how light life becomes when you realize that you're not the one controlling things, but you're the one, your job you know what your job is? Is to surrender. Paul's going to encourage this again in Galatians chapter 3. He said, it's Galatians chapter 2. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. This is like all of this stuff. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lay it at the foot of the cross. It's all been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I live with this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you know what the invitation of Christ is today to you? You know what that invitation is to you today is this. Cease. Cease striving. Stop. Surrender to God. And know that I'm God. He says, just cease, open your hands. What would it look like for an entire church in Southern New England to cease striving? You don't need to get his approval. You have it. You don't need to carry the weight. He's done it. He says, I want you to know for sure that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted among the earth. You want to be the most evangelistic person in the world. Cease striving. And it will have no, they'll have no doubt who the center of your life is. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. Now, these are four realms that, that I felt like the Lord was, was wanting to, to touch on. My wife, my wife actually was really the one pulling these together. And she said, you know, what, what, if we, what, if, what if we actually did surrender these things? What would it look like if my life was free of a past or a person and I surrendered, instead of trying to control them with my mind or trying to control them in my heart, trying to control, what if we actually gave these up and allowed Christ to be the center of our life. We didn't worry about the cloud moving and us, wor like us worrying about the perception that we would create. What, what would it look like for a person to cease striving? Because the more we carry these, the more we strive. 
And the invitation of Jesus is to come out of hiding and to rest. Not a vacation rest, not a day off rest, a type of rest that wouldn't leave you desiring the weekend. The type of rest that allows you to move through life being the person you were created to be. And so today, what is that for you?